Welcome to the Align Nutrition Podcast, a place where eating doesn't get in the way of living. We use science and psychology to move past the challenges you face while healing your relationship to food. I'm your host, Erica Drury, a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. For the past 10 years, I've been helping people like you find a happy medium of flow and balance with eating. If solving these issues were easy, you would have figured it out already. Expect to learn a new way. Each week, you'll hear trainings, listen in on mini coaching sessions from people on your same path, and learn from other guest professionals. I'm so glad you've joined me. Hey there, welcome back to the Line Nutrition Podcast. I have a solo episode for you today where I'm doing a deep dive on hunger. Hunger is something that comes up a lot in my work with clients, and I've talked about hunger on this podcast before in several different episodes in several different ways, but today I wanted to go a bit more into it, whether maybe you've been working on getting more acquainted with hunger or when you hear the term get connected to your hunger, that doesn't really make sense to you or you've tried and you don't really understand what hunger feels like for you or what that looks like. There's a lot of barriers, a lot of nuance, a lot tied up into our experience around hunger and what we're told about hunger that can shape how we feel about it and understanding it, getting connected with it, the role that it serves in our day. And so I want to really take some time to, to go into it. This is, again, a much requested episode by my clients, a really big topic, and uh, want to yeah continue the conversation with you today. So as always, feel free to contact me on Instagram at Align Nutrition. Email me at support at Align Nutrition. I love hearing from you. I love connecting with you when you are podcasting. Sometimes you just are speaking and, and you don't always hear from people and, and the reactions and what resonated and what didn't. So always welcome that from you as I'm here to help and, and provide good, solid information that hopefully helps you on your journey. So let's get started here in talking about hunger. I think really quickly, I want to remind us and center us around this definition of really what is hunger and, and why do we feel it? And as a dietitian, when I'm talking about hunger, what we want to think about first is it's a biological signal from our bodies. The purpose of hunger is to keep our bodies biologically fed with adequate energy. It sounds basic when we're talking about it, but think about how disconnected we come from the idea of what hunger is. We can be hungry for carbs, fats, proteins. It includes foods with nutrients, fun foods. Like we can, I think often we think about, oh, well, I'm hungry. I should eat this. But sometimes we're hungry for specific things for specific reasons. There's a lot of wisdom there. So it's not unusual to have a biological need for hunger. And also, um, again, thinking about the type of nutrients that we might be drawn to. And I think a lot of times what happens in our experience is we are really told that we need to override this need for hunger. I think we become conditioned to fear our appetites or being hungry means it will lead to weight gain or it's a bad thing or whatever else we may be fearing. But really, again, centering it on hunger is a biological need. We cannot override that. Our body will ask for what it needs and we'll talk through the various ways that it does. And a lot of people I work with, there's this idea that that occurs when we've been kind of ignoring 
our hunger and our body cues for a long time, we can lose touch with them and what we're looking for. So I want you to not feel ashamed or frustrated or stupid for not understanding your hunger needs and what that looks like or not trusting it or being afraid of it or not wanting to meet that specific need. You know, we forget what hunger feels like because we've ignored it for so long or we've overridden these signals. And these types of things can lead to body distrust. They can lead to, for some of us, overeating. I don't even really like to call it overeating though. I think about this idea of like, you have this biological need for hunger and if you're ignoring it or if you're disconnected from it and all of a sudden hunger comes in or, you know, maybe you're in a pattern where every few days or, you know, day to night, I think of it more as like rebound eating or reactive eating or really noticing when that that need comes through. And we'll talk about the various reasons that that can happen. But, you know, food cravings can happen that are maybe stronger than usual, feeling unsatisfied, unfulfilled at mealtimes, you know, and the hunger, it's, I think the thing that, that we think about it too. So I've already framed it out as this biological need. We've talked about why you can become disconnected from it. But it's meant to be variable and flexible. So if we think about other biological needs that we may have, whether that's sleep or going to the bathroom, it may not always happen at the exact same time or the exact same amounts. You sort of learn a rhythm. You have an expectation. You know, I like to go to bed at this time and I like to wake up at this time. And you kind of have these ideas, these benchmarks of, you know, I didn't get as good sleep last night or I didn't sleep as long as I needed to, or I feel tired today because I woke up at 4 a.m. and couldn't go back to sleep for an hour. So again, you have this like sort of baseline of here's about how much sleep that I need and here's the ways it's been disrupted. Hunger, you know, it can kind of feel the same way. Like, you know, once you kind of get in touch with hunger and understand, you know, meals, snacks, energy needs, you have this kind of baseline. Hey, you know, I, I get hungry every few hours or, you know, when I bring a sandwich for lunch and I have these sides, it tends to satisfy me until snack time or dinner or whatever. But there's also variability, just like you might with sleep or going to the bathroom. You're not just hungry or you're not hungry. You're not going to be the exact same every day. And I want you to think of it more like a bigger pattern, just like sleep is restorative to our brains and our bodies and we need it. Hunger is something that, you know, you're, you're meeting this need of your body on a regular basis. You're taking care of it. Resources are available. Eating on a regular basis can also bring hunger signals back and redevelop trust between you and your body. So essentially what's happening is we're having this like dual message that we're receiving. So we'll talk more about that, but we basically become distrustful of our bodies because our brain is saying, you're not hungry yet, or go ahead and ignore that, or you shouldn't be hungry. And then your body is saying, yes, I am. Or your brain is not getting the message from your body. And it can be just a really dysregulating, confusing experience. So we, we again, we lose trust. So I, I want you to really think about that and, and how long maybe this has been occurring for you, that maybe you've become disconnected from hunger or it's a confusing and difficult experience day in, day out. Maybe you haven't even considered the role of hunger. Maybe you just feel stressed about food, you feel out of control, and, and even thinking about hunger in this way, it's not this optional thing that we can hack, that we can ignore, that we can put off. The need for food always circles back around. And so if we can really make the shift in embracing that, expecting it, we'll talk about some specific strategies that you can use. Something to note is with hunger, 
you didn't come up with this idea in a vacuum. So when we think about you as a child or as a baby, you know, newborns cry when they have a need. They're whether they're hungry or they need their diaper changed or whether they're tired. So we are typically born being connected to discomfort. And we learn what those biological needs are through being cared for by by our caregivers. And so essentially what we end up looking at is at some point, we are taught that hunger is wrong. You know, what kind of world is it where we've come to fear hunger, a natural sign from our bodies? Like, why do we think this is okay and normal? And it's not your fault. Again, I think we live in this world that encourages dieting, restriction, things happen to us, experiences happen to us. We get this message that, you know, you shouldn't be having hunger or we don't need to listen to that or it's a bad thing. So I hope you can really think through when hunger started to become something that you, like when you stopped trusting yourself, you know, was that an experience where, you know, your grandma always said, oh gosh, I can't believe you're hungry again, or wait until this catches up with you, or you can eat now, eat now while you still can. Um, so there's just this really, this bigger narrative on, um, you know, someday you won't be able to listen to your appetite or honor your hunger or for fear of, you know, whatever consequences. So please be gentle with yourself. Again, some of this sounds so basic, but it's really not. Um, so we are taught by the world that that hunger can be wrong. And when you're thinking about your experience as it relates to today and framed around hunger, you know, our experiences shape us. So I want you to think about um, whether you have a history of dieting, food insecurity, trauma, maybe you're neurodivergent, or there's um, other things, trauma situations, eating disorder, history of an eating disorder, experiencing an eating disorder, you know, these things that can disrupt our experience with hunger. I had a client recently who had gone on a retreat to Bali. And as much as, you know, there was food available, there were just some situations that she was put in where maybe wasn't as available as she would have liked, or they were out for a longer hike than expected, or she didn't want to eat as much because she was afraid of um, there not being enough food for everyone else, or she didn't have snacks with her, or there's certain things that contributed that. So that's, you know, these situations um, when she came home and she felt kind of guilty. She was craving a lot of foods that she typically eats day in, day out and been feeling this intense, more intense hunger than usual. And so I think just, you know, when we viewed that situation as this was a specific about with food insecurity, not, you know, chronic maybe financially uh, based food insecurity that someone would have grown up with or grown around or lived with now, but even just these little situations that can kind of trigger that type of response or disconnect from our hunger or kind of needing to recover from that. So it's like our body doesn't know the difference between um, a true famine or some type of situationally imposed famine or um, in an eating disorder, dieting, um, a externally um, created famine. 
It doesn't know that, that that's what's happening. So to our bodies, that can feel traumatic. It's a traumatic event for our bodies and it can affect stress, concentration, clarity, anxiety, physical, mental, emotional strain. It can impact digestion. There's so many things that being chronically hungry can impact and it shows up differently for everyone. Um, so not everyone experiences all symptoms, um, but it, it does manifest differently. So hunger, you know, on its own, it's not bad. It's a biological sign that we need food and nourishment. It's, it's just like, you know, uh, these other ways that, that we've talked about. It's, it's not optional. You know, I think the antidote of, of all of this is, is learning to honor hunger consistently, um, and creating kind of a repetition, a, a routine, a, a healing process that can lead to calmness and satisfaction and peace within the body. It won't feel that way at first, but hopefully that will be the outcome. And we'll talk about some specific ways that you can do that. So, you know, we've talked about how our experiences shape us and how scary that can be to our brains and our bodies. And so it's natural then that we might fear hunger in general. You know, the urge to eat can be so powerful when we have learned to ignore it and use, you know, willpower, quote unquote. These situations can result in these chaotic eating experiences because, again, like I said, our brain is telling us one thing and our body is telling us another. And you know, our brain is saying, you know, don't eat that. Um, our body is saying, I'm so hungry. I need to eat this and everything else. So that guilt and shame cycle that's created is what ends up repeating itself and leading us to fear hunger. So a lot of us maybe hadn't considered, you know, I've been talking about fearing hunger or this dysregulated experience, but I want you to think about that for a minute. What's an experience recently where um, maybe you were thinking about a client I was working with the other day and and we were talking about um, how she came home from happy hour and she she went ahead and ordered food and she was so proud of herself that she didn't you know restrict that eating and when she came home she found that she was snacking uncontrollably and she was so ashamed and so upset and it really circled back around for her to fear eating and and fearing hunger especially because she had listened to herself and honored her hunger at happy hour but when we traced back we figured out that she really had not had much for lunch it was a lighter lunch than usual and um, her morning snack was a bit rushed her breakfast she hadn't slept as well the night before. She had a lot of deadlines and she had been stressed at work. And so we kind of look at, oh my gosh, you know, let's pause here and let's not get afraid of that hunger and, and what happened. So the reason it was helpful for her and I to also retrace that and for her to understand how much energy her body needs is because often the idea that we're quote unquote eating too much and 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 that is where we end up categorizing of I shouldn't be hungry or I shouldn't have that. You know what I'm saying? It's like this discrepancy where you think you need this much to eat because of an external message you've got, whether that's a, you know, a, a diet or restrictive eating pattern or an eating disorder that says you should really only be eating this. And then you're eating something that is more than that. It's logical then that you would categorize, well, if I listen to myself, if I listen to that hunger, then for sure that means that I'm eating too much. So I can't trust that. So, you know, part of it is starting to overcome 
some of those things too. And how do you even start listening to yourself and sitting with that discomfort of I'm eating more than I think I should? So that's something else to consider. And, and really, I think as a result of this guilt shame cycle and this fear is that these cues, it's the idea of eating in and of itself or, you know, like my specific client where she really allowed herself to eat and then to her horror, uh, still, still ate more when she got home. It's this idea that it's, it's anxiety provoking and, and scary. And so, I think there is this parallel process that comes along with honoring hunger, where you're also confronting what do you think you should be eating and how much food might your body need. So um, let's talk a bit more about the guilt and shame around hunger. What I've just been describing to you is this kind of scarcity mindset. So this, this food deprivation that you've experienced, whether it's through, again, food insecurity or dieting, um, all these things that can be just a real trauma, is it's the way our body reacts. So if you think about you know, your your body being hungrier um, than your brain is telling you to be, you can really see a hit in your self-confidence, physical, mental energy, your 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 trust, your trust in yourself, your metabolism. And and even if you're somebody that maybe doesn't experience binging or what I like to call the re- reactive or rebound eating, but you still experience some of these things. It feels the same. You know, um, I've had clients where they may not allow themselves to eat the thing or they may not actually eat them, but the desire for those foods or the interest in those foods makes them so afraid of it and really perpetuates that fear and shame cycle. And I think when we're talking about, you know, the fear and guilt and shame around hunger, we can't ignore that pinned right next to this is body shame. If we are ashamed of our bodies or fear weight gain or um, are genuinely afraid of how we'll be treated or safety, that can hold us back as well. It's, you know, oftentimes a symptom and a, and a fear in and of itself that we need to confront. And, and some of us, you know, depending on where you are in your journey, you're like, I'm, I'm sick of, you know, depriving myself. This is not okay. And I'm, I'm willing to, you know, feed my body and, and honor my hunger. Um, others of us, others of us, um, it can just be really scary. And, and we have to take this step by step. Um, but I want to frame out how important that is and just how much you know, when you hear those, those thoughts of don't eat this or be afraid of this or don't listen to yourself, you're always hungry, you're hungry too soon, ask yourself why and keep asking yourself why until most of us arrive at shame about our bodies and fear of weight gain. And again, another thing we are conditioned to fear. And, and um, so I, I think that's just something that's really important to understand. I think along the lines of fear and thinking about fear of weight gain and body shame is fullness. Fullness is on the other side of hunger. A lot of clients that I work with get used to honoring their hunger in a way that essentially erases hunger. But if we think about this pendulum that's swinging back and forth or this spectrum, eating until hunger is gone 
but fullness has not yet been achieved will often result in a shorter term satiety or a shorter term until it's time to eat again, which again can contribute to this dysregulation. Like the client experience that I described, I ate at happy hour and I came home and I still snacked all night long. There was an, a misunderstanding in how much body, how much food her body needed, but it's also possible that because that was a stressful thing that she was doing or something that was evoking guilt in her and was a step forward that she may not have allowed herself to eat until fullness because those thoughts would have been yelling at her. This is too much. You've had too much. Oh my gosh. And, and really kind of clouded her understanding of what was happening. And so it's no surprise that, you know, even though she allowed herself to order pizza, you know, was she actually eating enough of it to sustain her for much longer than a couple hours? And so I think there is, again, we want to think about when we're honoring hunger, what's on the other side of that? Um, especially with like gut health and, and a lot of that being popular, um, you know, disordered eating, not eating enough can really, you know, like I mentioned before, take a hit on our, our digestion can take a hit from this. And so oftentimes it's like, oh, I felt bloated or I felt uncomfortable or, you know, that's that association with fullness as being bad. And also something to fear and how that might impact a frequent sense of hunger coming in in order to quiet hunger or satisfy hunger. Sometimes we do need to cross over into fullness. Fullness is not bad. It's a normal outcome of eating and, and, and just thinking about what does that feel like? Is it a heaviness? Is it a pooching out of your stomach? Um, your intestines are accepting food. It's going to have a sensation of heaviness of pooching, bloating, and, and kind of what, how do we define that? You know, um, what is normal digestion and, and something that makes us uncomfortable versus, you know, wait, when might we would be experiencing a type of dysregulation? So some ways that I've seen this show up when I'm talking to people, you might hear your brain say, it's not time to eat yet. And, and how you might want to frame that out is, you know, maybe I don't normally eat at this time, but I'm feeling hungry or like my client, maybe I didn't eat enough at a prior meal, or maybe I'm having a hungrier day. You know, it's time to go ahead and, and eat something. Another way this might show up is you just ate, you can't be hungry again. And how might you reframe that? I just ate a snack, but I'm already hungry. I don't think my snack had enough protein or carbohydrates in it. I'm going to eat the snack and check in with myself. Another thought you might hear is you're going to dinner tonight and you shouldn't eat more than this right now. And how you might want to reframe that with yourself is I'm going out to dinner tonight, but I need to honor my hunger now and I need to eat now and I'll still need to eat later. It's establishing this expectation that hunger is going to keep coming all day long and that we want it to. You know, I mentioned before that when we're often under fueling and not eating enough, one of the symptoms of that is a slowed metabolism. When you start eating more, that metabolism speeds up. So we'll talk more about that. I think it's important to understand things that can disrupt our hunger. Uh, this is something that can happen naturally, normally. And oftentimes we need to be able to listen to ourselves, our biological needs, even if that desire for food or hunger in that moment is not always available to us. So, you know, maybe it's stressful situations in life and this interference and in understanding our body cues, it's simply something that we need to overcome through 
eating to meet our biological needs. So for example, um, if you had a food rule that said, I shouldn't eat after this specific time, and maybe you have class until after this specific time, your body still needs dinner. Beliefs about food, um, snacks are not needed. Um, that's a that's a belief about food. Well, maybe they are. <laughs> um, so uh, thinking about that, feeling stressed, extreme exhaustion, dehydration, illness, overexercise, burnout, poor sleep, lack of self-care. These are all things that can really impact our digestive system, our fight or flight system. The way I think about it is when we're stressed, especially low grade chronic stress, or maybe being nervous about something or upset about something, what tends to happen is we're in what's called fight or flight. I'm sure most of you have heard that described, but what happens is Blood is typically being shunted towards our intestines to facilitate digestion. Digestion is a really active process in our body. It consumes 10 to 20% of our energy needs every day, which is awesome. It really shows how much energy our body needs to digest food. We, we often don't think about that. When you're stressed, blood is being shunted away from your intestines so that it can be utilized throughout your body to fight off stress. And so when we experience that, Often, we're not always going to feel hunger because of that biological process that's going on. And so if you're judging your hunger, you might not be able to really honor it. If you're feeling stressed or ashamed or dealing with something, that sensation is not going to be there. And that's okay. And so in those, in those times, I call it eating for self-care, where we really just need to take a look at how can I eat in a way that is going to take care of, care of me. So that might be packing a breakfast to bring with you in the car on your way to class or your job, or it might be stopping to have lunch at a cafe, even if you aren't feeling necessarily hungry, um, but your body still needs food. And, and if you've had times in your life where you're not as stressed and you felt more connected to hunger, sometimes you can use that as a baseline. You know, why wouldn't I need lunch today? I don't feel hungry for it, but I eat lunch every day. And I typically, you know, there are other days that I feel hungry. So you want to really question that. And ultimately, what we're looking at is you're really facing fear. And so we know that hunger can be scary for fear of the repercussions or the negative thoughts that we might have, or you maybe you feel hunger constantly and you're more in that, like, I have a discrepancy between what I think my body needs to eat and, and what it really does need to eat. So you're so much, it may be different from someone else's so much, or it's just, it's fairly subjective. Um, but if, if you've been chronically under eating, uh, chronically ignoring hunger, chronically disconnected from your body's needs. I almost think of it like a debt, like a credit card debt. It's a buildup over time. So a lot of people in this process is, you know, sometimes we start it and then we pull back out because we're, we fear opening that door and the intense need that comes from that. But it's, if we think about this like credit card debt that's been overdue, we may be looking at really a surplus of things that we need to catch up on and to let that process happen and, you know, honoring our hungers and, and feeling more compelled to eat or your, again, your metabolism is starting to speed up and it's surprising you how hungry you are now. Uh, so that's a good thing. I have clients that are like, oh my gosh, now I'm hungry all the time. I hate it. Like that is a, such a wonderful thing. That is a sign that your body is functioning well and it has utilized the food that you gave it a few hours ago but it takes time and practice. So some steps to start to get reacquainted with hunger. I always like to leave you with tangible things to try and do. So now that you really understand how hunger can show up, 
rather than thinking about um, these frequent famines that you may have encountered, reframe this process into teaching your body that it will consistently have access to food. This is where we're really reversing that scarcity mentality, that scarcity mindset. Your body needs to realize that food is always available. Please, please, please get good at telling your body it's okay. I understand you're hungry. It's time to eat again. And just really give yourself permission to eat, period. If it's scary, that's okay. Healing from ignoring hunger or being disconnected from hunger, it takes time. Our cravings are often teaching us about what we might not be getting enough of or foods we missed out on. I can't tell you how many clients I've worked with. They're like, oh, I'm craving carbohydrates all night long. All I want is potato chips and popcorn. And then I go for the ice cream and we, we trace back into their day and see how they are deficient in carbohydrates. And it's such a, a wonderful, intelligent craving on their body's part or, oh, I can't stop. I'm eating a spoonful of peanut butter. And we figure out that they're not getting enough fat or they're not getting enough calories and nutrition. It's, it's pretty cool. Our bodies absolutely let us know. And our bodies are unique. So just as your sleep is different each night, your hunger and appetite will vary day by day honor it, respect it, be open to it. And something that can be helpful when you're first starting out is to set a reminder to check in with yourself, you know, every few hours and acknowledge that your body really might be in need of some nourishment. And I think it's really taking a look at this piece of checking in and the logistics. So thinking about always having food available to you. So maybe that's always bringing snacks with you or having an idea of where you're going to have lunch and when you're going to have lunch or what's for dinner, but that can be part of this healing process. So when your body asks for food, it's available, it's there. Part of that preparing and meal planning and considering snacks is what helps us be successful because then we have the food available to us. Oftentimes there's another piece of like, oh, by the time I was hungry, you know, all I had in my cabinet when I got home was pretzels and that's all I ate and it just didn't satisfy me. Well, we can't ask pretzels to be, you know, a chicken bootable. Like pretzels just will never be all of that. And so, you know, having an idea of like, how can I acquire dinner or what will dinner look like can be part of your process of really honoring your hunger and teaching your body that it will have consistent access to food. If you have tried this and there are just so many signs that are telling you this process just feels terrible for me. I'm so overwhelmed. This just doesn't work for me. I'm not connecting. That's okay. And maybe for you, it might creating an eating schedule or a routine or a plan, that's okay. If you're coming up blank on your hunger signals, that's okay. So don't feel like you're not doing it right if you do, but to set that routine could be a wonderful first step to to really reconnect you with that. So I think the other piece is thinking about how you replenish yourself as well. You know, we talk about nutrition as self-care or how beautiful it is to really give yourself permission to eat. And what does that look like? How do you go about doing that? It's thinking about replenishment and it just is important to do physically, emotionally, spiritually, We need it on all levels so that food can nourish us and support us, but it's not the only thing that is, you know, what else do we need? And so really thinking about that and getting in touch with that. So please be patient with yourself. Consider how long it's been um, since potentially getting disconnected from hunger or out of touch or avoiding it or fearing it, whatever you needed to do to survive, whatever became, just really, really take your time with it. Let it be a journey. 
Again, set a schedule if you need more support and help. And if you're really stuck, uh, you know where to find me. I'm a dietitian. This is the work that I do with my clients. I help them come up with plans. I help them discover ways that they can get reconnected. There is always support out there available to you, whether it's from me or anyone else who might help. There's, there's no reason to feel ashamed and overwhelmed in this process. And I just wish you the best. If there's anything else that I can help you with, again, please don't hesitate to reach out. I hope this episode, this deeper dive on hunger was informative and helpful. Thank you so, so much. And I will talk to you next time. Thanks to you for listening. Find me on Instagram at Align Nutrition. Let me know if you like this or if you have other topics or ideas for the podcast. I love hearing from you. If you've gotten something out of this, help us reach more people who need this message by subscribing in your podcast app. A nice rating and review also helps us reach more people and is so appreciated. I hope you enjoyed this episode and until next time.